Hi, my name is Sean Taylor. That guy down there is Chris Ford, a.k.a. the Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter and Instagram semi-fame. He's racking up, <laughs> racking up this. I have, I have no Instagram followers. Yeah, what? Uh, I think I followed you on Instagram. I don't know. But the, the point is, Chris, congratulations on all of the YouTube followers. That number feels like it's been going up and up and up and up yeah. pretty rapidly no, during the pandemic. Yeah, I suck at Twitter for some reason. Like, I don't, I can't get that many followers. Not that I try, I don't care. Hot take is oh. that, my hot take is that Twitter is is on the, like, it's past its peak. It is it is on its downhill, I think. Um, Facebook and Instagram, they're just too powerful. Twitter doesn't have anything on it. But that's just my hot take. Mm. Uh, but in the meantime, yeah, I noticed it, what, like 3.5K or something now. It's going up very quickly. Uh, yeah. And so we're going to try to use this timely video. It's not really timely. This is our fake Father's Day video, Chris. We're going to do our rankings of the best Avatar dads because Father's Day was just a few days ago. It'll be like five days ago because we didn't think of it sooner. We're busy. We had other ideas. (laughs) I'm not a father. Chris is a father of three. I don't know why I'm saying that other than for unnecessary context. But I'm excited to rank the best Avatar dads. And it's kind of fun to do these episodes that get into the Korra scope as well. I think that's pretty exciting. So... Yeah. I don't have anything else fancy lined up other than just going to rank dads just like we rank episodes. Happy Father's Day to all fathers and and father figures. That's important to this to the context of how we rank things as well. Uh, if you have a father figure or are a father figure, happy Father's Day to you as well. Anything else to you me, want to note before you get started? Well, to me, that, that context is, is, is important. You know, um, I think it's important to just think about what uh, what makes a good father? You know, to me, a good father is someone who uh, who teaches their children, you know, right from wrong, how to be good human beings, who cares for them, who loves them, um, all those things. And that's kind of what I'm gonna be having in mind with with my rankings. I tried to think about, uh, I, you know, how when you have your first kid, like your oldest kid. And then, like, a few kids later, and there's always all these jokes about, like, well, by the time they got to that one, they didn't care, and they got off so easy or whatever. It's like, I think I, I tried to lead more towards, like, the first-time father, like, you're learning how to be a dad, just how that kid is learning to be a kid. So, like, I expect some mistakes. Uh, I want to see some... I made zero growth. mistakes with my... Yeah. <laughs> and what, what parent doesn't? Like, it, you're the parent, but it's also, at that point, it is literally your first time of raising a human, so... I tried to think in that mode of like, I want to see some mistakes, but then I want to see uh, like some some redemption, some forgiveness, uh, growth from that as a father, um, and that played in really hard to my rankings. Um, mm. So yeah, good good dad, but also with like some some forgiveness for the challenges of fatherhood in and of itself. I try to be forgiving. We'll see how that panned out. It is worth noting, maybe because I'm a great father, right? So I hold a high <laughs> standard. My kids don't hey, have I to forgive me because a... I don't mess up ever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, I don't, I don't brag a lot about stuff. I'm like, man, being a father is great. Like, I feel like I'm a great father. If God put me on this earth to do anything, to do nothing but be a father, I'd be like, all right, cool, God, I'll go do that. You don't have to brag. I'll vouch for that. I, I don't get to see you interact <laughs> with your kids a ton, but every time I do, that uh, it is a tremendous relationship you have with your children. And that's probably from an outside perspective as much as I could possibly go on. So I'll brag for you. Someday, someday I hope to be a father. And when the time comes, I'm sure I'll be a horrible parent at first. But I will try really hard to get better. I will try my best. And that's, again, that's the kind of mode I was thinking in when I was ranking these dads here. I, I do have to note, just like full disclosure, uh, way less experience with the Cora dads. So I just did my research like Janera... Uh, what's that? The Avatar Wiki, just generic research because yeah. I didn't want to respoil anything for myself. And then at the end, when there were tiebreakers, I defaulted to to your rankings rather than noting a tiebreaker. I defaulted to which one you had higher. So minor notes uh, didn't impact a whole lot, but definitely less experienced in that realm. Ready to go? I'm ready. All right. You got 17 of these. I kind of forget who I put started first. Oh, I started with you. You're number 17, Dad. Yeah. Uh, so when Zuko says that <laughs> his father 
grew up to be the worst father of all fathers. I think he was absolutely correct in that assessment. Ozai is not only a terrible human being, but he's a terrible father. And he's a terrible father to Azula because he doesn't show love. He doesn't teach her right from wrong. He just incorporates his own terrible things into Azula. All right, as a father, he's supposed to kind of feel like make your kids better than you, and he doesn't do that. Then you think about Zuko, not only does he not do that, but he physically abuses Zuko, burns him, scars him for life. He banishes him, so that's neglect there. And he also doesn't teach him right from wrong. Um, also, in the search, <laughs> he was, um, he told Ursa that he was like, I'm gonna treat Zuko like crap, even though I know he's my son. I'm gonna treat him like complete crap, just to rub it in your face. And then, when he went to his own father to ask uh, to strip Iroh of his birthright, and his father's like, you got to learn that Iroh already lost his son. You got to learn how that feels. So you go kill your son. He was like, all right, I'll go kill him. He's going to kill his own son. So yeah, Obey without a doubt, Ozai is the worst father to me. I, I don't know how you disagree with that. He was already... We've been talking about how I'm a couple comics in. It's like at the end of the show, he's already the worst dad of all time. And it just gets even more messed up in the comic books. So no question what you said. Don't be like Ozai. That's your, that's not even a low bar for a dad. That's uh, that's the, the exact opposite end of the possible spectrum with the low bar being in the middle. Don't be like Ozai. Number 16, Azulon, because it runs in the family the only thing that I will say for Azulon is that uh, it's not even a thing, but at least, like, he, he was sticking to tradition and Iroh would have uh, would have become the heir to the throne. And, like, I don't know that it's a good thing so much as it was the only thing that made him slightly yeah. better than Ozai. As he didn't seem like he was willing to murder his own family members for... Yeah, for, yeah. But maybe he was. I mean, he... Him and Roku, obviously, you know, not a, not a good time. But that's not a dad thing. That's a bad person thing. Friends, well, that family. was um, that was Sozum or Sozum. Oh, you're right. I'm being stupid. But uh, I don't, fun. I don't know what else to say about Azulon. We don't have a ton of context to work off of, other than he was obviously very traditional, and we have no note that he was going to kill any of his family members on purpose. <laughs> um, number sixteen for me is Unalak. Unalak is, you know, he's a book two villain from Legend of Korra. He, the reason why I have him at number 16 is that he was going to, his plan was to become the Dark Avatar and fuse with, fuse with Vati, become the Dark Avatar and enter in a new era of darkness and chaos. That would not have been good for his kids. <laughs> um, and he was, when he was trying to get into the spirit world, there's a scene there where like him, and Eska and Desna are trying to water bend in there, but like something attacks um, Eska, wait or Desna? <laughs> One of the other Eska, Eska, Desna is the boy. I'm pretty sure. Um, and he attacks Desna, and it attacks Desna. And he's not worried or concerned about him at all. He's like, no, keep attacking it, keep attacking it. And so to me, he just completely neglects his children. And so yeah, he is number sixteen. Number 15 is, funny, because I haven't gotten to Zulon yet. Number 15 is Yakum. Yeah, you got a lot of respect for that guy. <laughs> no one's saying respect. Yakum, um, to me, is, is really terrible because he just took his hatred and just, his, he took his hatred and his failures, his failures, which was a result of his hatred and his, um, and his crimes and stuff, he just shoved that down to his kids <laughs> and his kids had to deal with that and they were not well adjusted they both became super villains of the highest caliber bloodbenders um I mean, he was such a terrible father his own son bloodbended him and and hurt him uh, uh see i totally forgot that element yeah that would have yeah well hindsight's 2020 yeah that's um but Yes, and to me, he looked at his kids only as products of his revenge and not kids, not, like, you know, loving and everything. So 
So he had no respect for them, just looked at them as tools. So he is number 15. Same what you said. I didn't know how to pick between him and Azulon. And I thought, well, at least he gave his kids some unique skills. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What else do you pick from them? I would say at a, at a bare minimum. He the, is but, the, you know, he might be the, um, uh, the Joseph Jackson of the Jackson five, right? Like you kids are going to do this and become famous. And I'm going to make sure you do. There's a Daniel Tosh joke. That's probably a hair more inappropriate than I would want to quote on here, but yeah, something, yeah. something like that. I, I, I know it. <laughs> you telling me <laughs> you got to, what is it? Beat them enough. So they're talented, but not, it's horrible, you know, but it's a it's horrible joke. Um, but I agree entirely. I literally, the only decision point I had to go off of was like, you know what? It's probably much harder to raise your kids when you're in Yakone's situation than you are in Azulon's situation, but they're both crappy humans. We're talking about the bottom of the barrel here. So who cares? Uh, I was a little more respectful of Unalak because it seemed like he had some kind of relationship with his kids. Uh, yeah. Not maybe a great one, but there is a certain amount of cordial respect in between there. So that's why I was more forgiving of Unalak. Yeah, so for me, I have a Zulon at number 14. And the reason why I ranked him um, lower or higher than, than the rest is that he did seem to have some type of admiration. Like you said, he has some type of sense of honor um, for his kids. Like, he seemed to really love Iroh. <laughs> and, you know, when Ozai goes to him, was like, strip him of his birthright, make me your heir. I have kids. And he seemed to be really, I wouldn't say hurt, really disappointed in Ozai for even thinking that way about his science. Like, you dare want me to strip my own son, my own firstborn son of his titles after he lost his own first son? Like, there's a sort of sense of at least honor, I wouldn't say love there. Um, he, granted, he did some tell some Ozai kind of to kill his son. Respect, I guess. I... Yeah. Uh, but this is a, he did have, he did orders to go kill, but this isn't a, uh, granddad's list. This is a father's list. <laughs> Raise your kids, spoil your grandkids, spoil your kids, kill your grandkids. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the rule. That's the only thing in my head with Azulon and Yakon that I'm just now thinking of was, well, they raised the worst children. <laughs> yeah. So this maybe there's something, something to that. Uh, yeah, okay, so number 13 is Hiroshi Sato, who is Asami's dad. He, you know, did the same thing. He, well, same thing as uh, Kanye Kong. He passed down this hatred. He tried to pass down this hatred onto his daughter. Um, so much to the point that he was like, join me, like, we will you know, do the evil thing, like, join me, we will... I thought you were going to do the rule of one of the his father and son, his daughter yeah. and father, daughter. Yeah, that doesn't ring as well. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. And and I remember a scene where Bolin is like, Mr. Sato, you're the worst father there is. And he's like earth banding at him. And then Asami's like, you are the worst dad. And like, she just looks at him. I kind of, he does learn from his mistake, though. He him and Asami were able to kind of reconcile and it is a very gosh now I think about it I kind of maybe want to rank him higher but um but yeah he, he at least learned from his ways I did uh U Ukano Ukano I forgot the parenthesis on the other end there Maze Dad um the weird thing in the wiki was that it we don't get a lot of exposure to this dude but the weird thing in the wiki is, like, he's actually a loving father, but... And then it, like, contradicted directly with the fact that he was, like, essentially weak and, and cowardly and just did political safe things. And then it, like, didn't give any examples. So, like, I'm not going to take the wiki's word of just saying he's a loving dad and have zero examples just because he has two kids. Like, that was dumb to me. So I probably let that impact my decision too, too much the other direction. But I had, like, no positive things to share. I only had, like, uh, May's negative family experiences 
to go off mm. of. So obviously he wasn't as horrible as those other people, uh, but there I couldn't find any redeeming qualities about him necessarily, other than that the wiki's like he's a loving father. But it did where where does where did that come from? I don't. It didn't give any rationale or citation or anything. So yeah, I think no, I think about it. I mean, comic books. He does he come back in the comics? I didn't. Yeah, he does. He plays a somewhat big role, but I think okay. he actually has his own son. He fakes a kidnapping of his own son. So he did the whole um, Man on Fire thing. <laughs> you remember Man on Fire with Denzel Washington? Yeah. Um, I forget his name, who married Jennifer Lopez, uh, had his own daughter kidnapped so he can get the, he had insurance, had a ransom insurance, so he get the ransom insurance money. And he did that to Tom Tom? Yes. Right? Yes. That's baby's name that. Yep. Tom Tom. Yeah. Uh, but at least he was willing to trade King Boomy for Tom Tom, right? He was willing to trade a powerful king for his son at that time. That is a fair positive that I did not consider. So, yeah, yeah but hindsight, 2020. Yeah. I'm sure you'll rank him higher and it'll balance out. Yeah. He might be right. Oh, wait, this is yours. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got Lau, Tofstad, and I think this is the part where we start getting to what I would consider uh, bad dads with decent redemption arcs, for me at least. Um, obviously, Lau cares about his daughter, makes some bad decisions, uh, but he does, uh, he does come around in the post ATLA universe and, and has some redeeming qualities as well. Like I said, he's at least starting from a baseline of caring, just not being a very good dad about it. But it's not a place of hate or anything like that. So, little credit. <laughs> oh, man, I forgot to lead into this. Oh, dude, I'm uh, sorry. You didn't see that. Nobody saw that. Audio only people. So, audio only people haven't heard it yet. Go ahead. So give your lead my in. Number, sorry, I My number it. 12. That's okay. My number 12. I know this is surprising. It's controversial. Probably one of the most controversial opinions that I've had about Avatar. But I think if you really pay attention to Avatar, you would agree with this. Uh, well, maybe not agree. You'll at least see my point of view on this. You don't have to agree with me. It's fine. Um, this character is my favorite character from Avatar The Last Airbender. But part of his story and his journey is that he wasn't always great. And that's important to note here. So my number 12 is Iroh. I know, I'm sorry, please don't turn off the podcast. Please continue listening. Oh, there goes our five viewers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I have Iroh ranked number 12, which is really, really low, right? He's in the bottom third of fathers of the show. Now, what I said before, one one of the most important things about being a father is teaching your children right from or wrong, instilling in them a, a sense of morality. Iroh instilled into his son Lu Ten the same things that his father instilled into him about the Fire Nation greatness and how we shall rule everything, and that got his son killed. I know some people are like, "Well, he didn't get his son killed." Well, you know his. His son idolized Iroh. We, we assume he idolized Iroh. So why would you not want to be like your dad? And, and uh, yeah, I'm going to sign up for the war and I'm going to fight in the war. In fact, dad, I'm going to fight with you. I'm going to fight in that same siege that you're leading. You're the general of. You know, then that's more Iroh reinforcing this, this stupid idea that the Fire Nation should rule everything. And he ended up dying in that war. Iroh is directly responsible for that. It would be like, say, if... <laughs> say if uh, a member of the KKK was raising his son like hey son we're white people we're the <laughs> we're, we're the greatest race there is and then they end up committing some type of hate crime together and then in, def in someone's self defense his son ends up dead right who's to blame there his the father is to blame there for instilling these ideas into this child's head that he grows up to be this way. Um, Solid, accurate example. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, it's essentially yeah, what... And, yeah, there was no... Like, oftentimes people like to gloss over that Iroh was a war criminal. I mean, I, and people like to 
debate over, oh, he's a war criminal or no, he was just in war. To me, none of that matters. He fought in a war for no good reason. It's not like this war was like... There's not a justified okay. war from the Fire Nation's <laughs> perspective. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. They might think it was, but... Um, it's not like, um, say, in the Dragon Prince, right? To me, the war between Zadia and the humans is like, well, they did this thing, we, they did this thing. Like, there's no right or wrong side. But here, Fire Nation's completely in the wrong. They just was like, we should rule everything, let's attack. And Iroh went along with that. To me, if you don't, you don't necessarily agree with me that he is like a, a terrible father, but you have to see that he was a terrible person before. I mean, in interviews, Brian Canisco and Michael Martino is like, yeah, those days before Iroh is really interesting. How did this ruthless um, general go from being the dragon of the West to this tea-loving uncle, fuddy-duddy uncle that we see? Like, he was, he was really great at war and he passed that down to his son and his son died because of it granted he had a redemption arc and he he's a father to zuko and he's a great great just great knowing father. that he's, he's, just knowing that by process of elimination that i've got him higher do you mind if we wait and talk redemption for that for, for sure. my spot like just yeah, just sure. knowing that he has to be higher than yours based on where we're at yeah um because i think so, that, yeah definitely got to talk yeah. redemption yeah. Um, if it wasn't for that, Iroh might be number... He wouldn't be below Ozai still. He would still... I mean, he wouldn't be... He would still be slightly ranked higher than Ozai, I think. There's a good conversation to be had, though, of, like, what's worse, like, essentially, let's pretend that Ozai... Not pretend, because he had the capacity to have killed his own child. Like, no question, could have easily just killed Zuko, and that could have been in the story and been in character so it's like all right well what's worse you know directly killing your son or raising a bad son who does other awful things and then also dies because of that like you know, it's, it's a good conversation to be had in there i think a little too depressing for me to have i think but it's a good conversation in there yeah so guys please continue listening but yeah i have iroh ranked number 12 on the list of dads and think about how you raise your children for heaven's sake Think about what you're teaching him. Uh, all right, number eleven is uh, May's dad, which, uh, yeah, I'll, kind of all the same reasons you said, Sean. And I mentioned before him um, getting his son, faking his son's kidnapping, and yeah, and again, you know, he's not teaching his kids, you know, also right from wrong, but his has much less consequences to it very politically correct and I mean, that's probably a little too harsh on him but we're to a place where it's pretty negligible the differences between these guys um i liked hiroshi sato a little better than these other characters just because his uh his redemption process and when he actually does contribute to the cause later on is is very useful um and kind of gives you i guess hope for his going forward relationship maybe there's something there or even it wouldn't have to repair their relationship for him to still be improving as a father. Like maybe they never get along great, but he can still be improving and getting better every day. So I just valued his, his redemption story a little high, a little higher. And Arnook, Arnook. I don't know how to say Oh, that. that's his name. Yeah. Uh, I had to search pretty hard. I didn't know what it was off the top of my head either. Somewhere in that camp of hyper political before being a father, um, still kind of in that same group. Um, not a, we don't have a ton of interaction with him to like have super redeeming qualities but I think what little interaction we do see is like even though he's politics first father second is that he still seems like he cares uh, mm -hmm. about his daughter and he treats his larger political group his larger region uh, he has an essence of that those people are sort of family too and he just a very deeply caring person in that sense so i probably uh what do i want to call it like superimposed his his behaviors too too heavily but i don't have much reason to not what do i say i don't have too much reason to hate him based on what we have to go on i think he cares about ua and yeah makes oh, some definitely. political choices yeah. so yeah uh my number 10 is lao toff's dad and to me, this my my list is starting against dads who are well intentioned, but necessarily aren't doing the best things. 
right? He he cares about Toph. He just doesn't communicate with her. He doesn't allow her to be herself. Um, and then he actually maybe I should rank him lower than Toph. No, he's fine where he's ranked. Um, in comic books, he sort of disowns Toph, but he does. They they reconcile in the comics and they, and they they come to a really good understanding. So much so that they kind of become like, I want to say business partners. But she is, yeah, maybe they do kind of become business partners. Um, but yeah, early on, Toph's dad wasn't supportive. He wasn't a good dad, but he was still he still cared about her. So he's ranked. He he cracked the top ten. I was happy with where with where I ranked him, but I think you're right to say this. We're into a section now where it's not. Uh... Not bad intentions, just bad, bad means, maybe. Hmm. Number nine, the mechanist, and no one knows what his name is. I tried really hard to find out. I, I got nothing. Teo is the the kid, the, yeah. the paraplegic child in the driving, flying machine made by his yes. father, the mechanist. Yeah, he's he's a really loving dad. And to me, he is just trying to make the best of a bad situation. So I don't blame him for lying to his son that oh I'm making I'm making uh, weapons for the Fire Nation. It's fairly acceptable. It's just you're still lying to to your kid. They, he thinks you're something other than you are. I went with Aang here. I was not I'm not high on Aang as a dad. Uh, I think that his kids do a really nice job of accepting his flaws, but I have a feeling that's mostly due to uh, an understanding of A, what his business as the Avatar was, and B, Katara probably helped quite a bit as well. But not not big on Aang. I feel like his his values, his interpersonal values should have translated into him being a better a better dad, but there's not a lot of good evidence that he actively worked to build good relationships with his kids. Um, this could so be a case, me, this could be a case where I'm me, overlooking it's... certain information or I don't have all uh, have all the recollection that I should. To me, um, which is, I'm not going to get too deep into it I'll talk about it later, but I kind of theorize that one of the reasons why he's not necessarily the best dad is that he didn't have that dad mentality he didn't see what a dad's supposed to do right ain't air nomads don't become dads <laughs> uh, they just become really mentors or just caregivers gyatsu was more of a father figure than i think he even needed to be and so ain never ain didn't know what dad yeah that might not where have supposed been to be as a dad necessarily gyatsu and and Aang. Yeah. that might not have been the norm that might have been i don't think it was a nicer a, a great relationship yeah and so, and, I, and I'm not saying you should rank him any um, lower because, I couldn't find, because of that. It's I just, couldn't find a bunch of negatives. It's just one of those things where it's like you're you're disappointed. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed kind of thing in, in Aang. You don't have a lot of positive kid stories to tell. Um, so I'm probably a little too harsh, but you did, we're in kind of a log jam in the middle part here, so I'm not too sad about it. Yeah. Uh, my mechanist placing was right here. Same, same rationale. And his, his is tough because he's, he's even doing bad things to protect his family. So again, it sets a bad precedent. Uh, bad means don't justify the good intentions. Uh, but you know, he's fully aware and he's trying to do what he can to take care of his son. And, and so even if it's not great fatherhood, it's pretty, pretty admirable notion. So, you know, I, I get it. You're in a tough spot, dude. Yeah, my number eight is Arnuk, who, which is U.S. dad. To me, he seems like a very loving father. Um, you know, you, you think about what he had to go through when U.A. wasn't, like, alive when she was born. I mean, she, how, I don't know how uh, terrible that must have been. So he must have a lot of love for it. Like, he, he said he prayed day and night to the Ocean and Moon Spirit to save his daughter. Um, oh, I kind of forgot about that bit. <laughs> he uh he does i think he does put fam uh, does put duty over family he he carried he passed it down to ua um and he married ua off to whatever his name is and you was like i have a duty like i can't think about those things but to me the only thing that puts him down further on this list is because he was willing to just marry his daughter off. and granted some cultures are like that 
Um, but I think you should let your <laughs> let your uh, kids decide their future to be more hands on. I uh, it's fair to say that like he was probably a great chief. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, I just want to mention the he at the end of that episode, and him and Sokka kind of having this one on one. Like they both lost UA, and it's very special to them both. And he says like, when UA was born. I had a vision that she became the moon. And then Saka says, you must be really proud. And she, and he's like, very proud and very sad. Like, ah, that's such a good line. So, so freaking good. Hit me right in the feels. <laughs> uh, my number seven is Aang. So to me, Aang gets a bad rap as a father. And I think the issue is that he, he wasn't the greatest father. One thing I love that he, I won't say I love that he wasn't the greatest father, but <laughs> let, let you... <laughs> Way to be a piece of shitting. No, just yeah. kidding. Just kidding. No, I, just, I just love the way that Legend of Korra handled a lot of the characters. Um, it does things make him feel very real. They... Yeah. Um, and it makes sense, right? So Kaya and Boomy feels like Aang really only focused on, on Tenzin. And part of that is Avatar duty. He he had to have the Air Nomads continue, so he had to put more into Tenzin. Uh, but I think part of this is that we're seeing this from the perspective of Bumi and Kaya, and they might be biased because kids are often biased. I do know that with my own family, like oh, my yeah. dad. I'm biased. Um, yeah. I know. Yeah, I know who dad. falls where. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie. It's because like, I'm pretty sure I'm the favorite, but I'm only saying that here because my family won't ever listen to this. Yeah, uh, I think my dad showed more attention to to um, my second or third oldest sister, probably because she needed more attention. Um, it wasn't that much. My dad's a great dad, um, and some some would say my sister say like my mom spoiled me, and so I think part of that you got to think about what is. What is the um, perspective that we're looking at from? On the flip side of that, Aang, so Kaya is is gay and or lesbian, however you want to say it's important. She's lesbian. Or yeah, she's not. I was saying, do we know that bi. she's not bisexual? She's she, only mentioned that she's lesbian. She is but, not heterosexual. There we go. No. Cover all our bases. Um, but you know, she was talking about when she, you know, was coming out and everything, like the water tribe have have like their cultures and everything kind of sucking it. And she talked about how she came out to Aang and Aang was like more than supportive of her. And so to me, that puts another you know feather in Aang's cap of being a good father, being supportive of three kids. I uh I said I was the favorite. I'm now rethinking that like, I don't think I was the favorite as much as I was the <laughs> most different. So it felt like I got the most attention paid uh, paid to me in those respects. Like my parents had to do things for me that they didn't have to do for the other kids. But I'm also the second youngest of five. So we're getting to that, like parents are older, doing it differently than they used to and all that stuff. Um, and So in Aang's case, uh, I thought you had him higher than that in hindsight, but it was really like nine to seven. So we're not too far off. Uh, but yeah, worth worth pointing out the good qualities as well. I'm sure he was a very open and sort of forthright, forthright father. Um, yeah, he he could use a little more like examples, like built-in examples into the content. So here I've got uh, Tonrock, who is uh, Korra's father. Um, this is a tough one for me because I don't have a lot of information. I almost strictly, um, I had nothing from memory. Basically, strictly what I had in the wiki. It seems like the relationship was good, good-ish. Uh, strained as any parent who had an avatar as a child <laughs> might be, but I could. It, it's basically right in the middle because I couldn't decide yeah. what to do with him too much. Uh, I didn't have any serious qualms or serious pluses to offer. Sorry, yeah. I don't have much uh, interest. I'm assuming you'll have more interesting things to say when it comes up on yours. So it is coming right up on my. Uh, but I'll go first here. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my bad. My bad. Go. <laughs> I forgot we served in teen here too. Um, yeah. I put Iro higher. Everything you said, totally valid. Not just uh, it's not just something you gloss over. 
And I would say the same, like when we argue about Avatar 1, it's like I'm not willing to gloss over this one really big, awful, horrible thing he did just because, you know, he, he turned a corner and had well-meaning and stuff. Uh, but with with Iroh, assuming that we are counting father figure yes, and giving that bonus figures. points for, for, for Zuko, but he went from having one child die, and, and, and the analogy you gave earlier was perfect, to he saved Zuko's life and made Zuko into a high-ranking father in this list too by passing those things on so i don't know how those weigh out it's kind of in the middle that's why i'm not going to put him all uh super duper high but i am willing to forgive because he did literally everything within his power to erase uh erase that and not just neglect it or not just let it go but he tried to erase it and create positive out of it he raised a great dad and that meant a lot to me um, in a tough case too, like raised a great dad out of a, out of a lost cause essentially. So I gave him a little extra, a little extra boost. A lot of people, um, you know, put him down as his best dad. Um, I, I think me putting low is controversial because <laughs> there's a fan artist who uh, did this amazing work. I love her art. I, I featured some of it with her permission um, uh, in my Cora in my avatar LGBTQ because she does some amazing Korasami art. But she pretty much is, she did this great picture of Iroh and like all the team avatar hugging him and stuff and saying like best dad ever. And then Iroh like, well he got a son kill. And then <laughs> I say great art as great art as always, but he got a son kill. <laughs> and then like I probably got like ten likes on that. But then below that was a counterpoint to my point, which got like eight hundred or Oh, no. I don't know. I forget. I mean, like, dramatically a lot more likes. Well, and people, I mean, it's a, it's a sort of content proximity. We only get hammered over the head with the good parts of Iroh, yeah. and I'm not willing to look past that. But I'm still, uh, I'm totally happy with number six. We have to atone for our mistakes, and I don't think anybody tried harder to do that than Iroh. So I'm, I'm happy right where he's at. He's, he's not a top say, five dad, but he's close. In Iroh's defense, he gives wisdom. He gives the best wisdom. If if we go a whole series, not just within the show, but his uh, his character arc across whole Avatar universe, dumb. that would be a great discussion topic someday. Yeah. But uh, sorry, I'm detracting from from your pick here. My number six pick is Conrock. I love his relationship with Korra. I think he he definitely loves Korra a great deal. Um, yeah, I remember that scene in book three finale. I feel like I'm about to ruin stuff for you. So I'm just going to rewatch it. You only watch. Oh, just wave, just time. wave your hands when you're done. I'll just. <laughs> okay. Um, when, when Cora is, is killed and paralyzed, like, I'm sorry, I'm talking crazy here. When Cora is paralyzed and you know, she's about to die and he's like, Cora, sweetie, sweetheart, look at me. Come on. And she finally comes to he like just the way he's holding her in his arms is such a good father daughter relationship. Um, but on on the bad side of him is that he did confine Cora to he didn't let her out right. Cora is seventeen when the series starts. Adulthood in Avatar is pretty much sixteen, maybe even fifteen. Cause I think that's marrying age. And like him and, and the White Lotus was like, no, Cora has to be locked up. And granted, it's a good reason because Cora was kidnapped. And so he feels very protective of her. Um, but still, he didn't let her be what she could be. Like, imagine like training, getting your chart, getting your daughter the greatest training all day long. Like, like Cora's an athlete, right? Like, imagine getting all this training, then being like, but you can't go to the NBA draft. Nope, you can't do it. You can't go to the NBA. Well, it's for backyard get, use but, only. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's still a great dad, so got him at number six. I was the most embarrassed about my lack of like memory for anything about him in particular. Uh, it was literal wiki opinion, and I didn't even read the whole wiki on these because I didn't want to spoil myself. I read this the top paragraph summary, worked off memory from there. 
Uh, at number five is Tyro Rue's dad. Really, it's just he just did. <laughs> There's no faults here, right? He was a good dad. He loved his son, and that's what got him <laughs> number five. There's just really not that many things to say that he was like bad at or anything. Uh, what same? What little we got was was great he's uh not just great like he's badass he's in a stressful situation and through all that he still seems like he's got a great relationship so yeah, yeah. what what we got was was all good even if it wasn't a ton uh so here's where we start to shake some things up a little bit mm-hmm. i had hakoda ranked smidge lower it's not really his own doing but it's not like he was around a whole lot through their formative years to even be a good dad and so it feels kind of wrong to hold that against him because he was, you know, uh, doing his his sort of civic, his civic duties. But I've kind of held it against other characters for sort of putting duty before fatherhood, even if it means they're. I mean, doesn't mean they're bad fathers. But I've held it against other characters, so I felt like I had to get hold it against Takoda. Mm-hmm. But like he wasn't there during their formative years. Their mother died, and Katara and Sokka raised each other. You know, well, Grangan was there, but. It's not a grandma's episode. Um, so, yeah, I held that against Hakoda a little bit. But, I mean, we're still in the top four dads. Like, this is not a slouch. It just, you know, of, of what's left, I wasn't quite as big on Hakoda. Yeah. My number four is Zuko. I think there's not as much to go on because in legendary wise I mean, he just said a couple times, like, I got to go protect my daughter from the Red Lotus, because she's the Fire Lord, and they've been killing, trying to kill the head of states. Um, so it's just really that he showed um, an out, kind of an outgoing concern for his daughter, which is what got him to number four for me. And number three is Monk Gyatsu, who was the father figure to Aang. So he loved Aang so much. He was willing to... I'm, I'm really curious what would happen if Aang didn't run away, because he said to Aang, like, I'm not going to let them take you away from me, Aang. Like, I wonder what his plan was. To me, he gave Aang exactly what he needed, that love. And to me, he went above and beyond, right? Because he didn't, to me, those are caretakers. You don't have to be a really good father. Just like, hey, go do this and this. But he gave Aang so much more, taught him a lot of lessons. Um, yeah. It's kind of interesting to me. Aang doesn't really, to me, Aang doesn't think. You never see Aang really talk to him like a father. I think he does say he was like a father to me, or maybe does he say that? I think he, I think he says it, but he doesn't always treat or like they don't interact in that way. Uh, But like you and I said on a chat earlier, I mean the nuclear idea of the family doesn't exist, so like they they don't have to interact that way. You know, we don't have to hold them to that standard. But he doesn't talk like you and I probably talk to our dads with him but he does yeah. say he was like a father to me i believe <clears throat> time to teach you about the birds and the butterfly bees <laughs> that's the talk i got is right is that what you <laughs> just kidding i went to catholic school i had a weird video <laughs> do not recommend um yeah you're number three uh suko didn't didn't have a ton to go off of, but what little we get is is really good, above and beyond, kind of good. And then I I'm probably superimposing or supposing too much here, but I'd really like to think that he took a lot of what a lot of the good from Iroh and passed that on in his own fatherhood. That he is the you know the better father version of Iroh in his own life as a whole. And that's probably too high of a standard and making too much presumption. Um, but what little we get doesn't doesn't dispute it in any way. So I was pretty high on Zuko as a dad. Uh, Gyatso is my number two. Um, he essentially like risking his his sort of status among the air nomads, um, putting all that on the line for Aang, raising a kid who is the Avatar. That's got its own struggles, and again, not having any obligation to have done any of this. Uh, he could have just as easily been another citizen and had a normal relationship and it would have been fine. I think we mentioned earlier that would not have been out of the ordinary, probably. Um, that their relationship that they do have is kind of out of the ordinary. Really high on Gyatso. Only good things to say there. You'd like your children not to run away and disappear for 100 years, but, you know, <laughs> things happen. 
teach your kids not to run away. You would like for your kids not to do that, but it's a different situation with the Avatar. So I'm I'm giving Gyatso lots of bonus points for going well above and beyond uh, by accepting that role in the first place. My number two is Tenzin, which is it's funny, Tenzin Gyatso. That's the Dalai Lama. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> neat. Yeah, I kind of like that. Um, Tenzin is such an to me, he's such an amazing father. Um, that he he's, he's definitely attentive to all of them, and to me, he does what good fathers do: is that he kind of um, customizes his his approach to them differently. Um, oh man, I just love his relationship with Janora. Even like he has to accept that like Janora is more spiritually uh, more spiritual and tuned than he is, and uh, when he he believes in her enough to give her the airbending tattoos and it's like she will be the next airbender to the next generation that takes a lot to, to humble yourself and, um, and say that about your kids um, I don't have I don't I don't, have, I don't think I have really any negatives against Jens in here he's great and my number one is Hakoda um, you do you make a good point about duty, but to me, there's there's a reason that you're going out and doing this this duty, right? With um, with, with, um, with UA's dad, you know, his his reasoning it kind of conflicted with UA's best well-being. Um, it conflicted with like, allowing her to be the person she wants to be, loving who she wants to love. With Dakota here. The reasoning for his duty is like I have to protect my children. I have to go out and, and fight this war, and I think maybe I'm a little bit biased because he delivers this scene with Katara, which is has such a well voice acted scene between I don't know who voice. Who that puts Dakota. me in tears, and I think about it. Yeah, where she's just like anger runs away, and she's like, you know, he doesn't have to run away. You know, he does he know he could be here with us, and and she's like, he's like. Maybe that's his way of showing he's strong. He's like, no, it's not strong. It's stupid. It's foolish. Like, he could be here with us. Like, he could be, we could help him and everything. And then, like, but he left us. And then he's like, you're not talking about anger, are you? And then she breaks down. It's like, dad, like, you, you left us. I know we had Graham Graham and everything. Um, and then he says something to her that, to me, it's, it's the best line delivery for a dad. It's like, you and your brother are, like, on our world, like, at night. Like I would, I would stay up at night. Um, I would, I would miss you guys so much that it would ache. Like that's some deep fatherly stuff. That way, like I, I know that type of, uh, that type of love. Like that love of a father, of seeing his children, knowing that you have to leave them. Um, yeah, that stuff hurts. Like to me, that's just like the most grandest show of love I think I've seen from a father. Um, and also the end there where he's like, you know, I'm. I, tells them how proud he is of them but yeah great job for me for even though he does have to leave them <laughs> with their with their mother or their grandmother sorry i don't think uh i don't think it would be possible to find a, a more touching father children relationship by any i think takes that cake for sure um so no no disrespect for the top ranking for hakoda also a pretty good non-bender if you want to go check out that bracket my number one if you're keeping score is is tenzin and i've just always been impressed with his ability to like navigate his children through essentially the most tumultuous time in all of history and he has a big role outside of being a father in my head he like he's doing what ang didn't seem to do very well you mentioned kind of catering uh, catering to his children but also accepting this other larger role where he himself isn't the avatar, but obviously he has a very big direct impact and a big role in how the avatar uh, works. He's trying to rebuild the entire air, uh, air nomad society. Like he has so many things going on, uh, but he seems to navigate them all very well, which is something that we don't necessarily see from Aang, for example. So it's another situation of where I thought, uh, uh what am I trying to get at here? Like, like Zuko getting all the getting sort of the good out of Iroh and Tenzin mm -hmm. sort of getting the good, the better parts of Aang as a father and taking it a step further and being a really good dad in a crazy situation. So, 
tons of respect for Tenzin. Had a wild job. And uh, that's it. That's our number ones. I do have aggregates, which, again, uh, we have a lot of... This is the definitive ranking here. The definitive, yeah. Uh, 17, Ozai. That was easy. 16, (laughs) Unalak. And 15, Yakon in Azulon. That was like a three-way tie or something like that. Um, But, again, all bad. Don't don't be like any of those guys. 13, (laughs) Hiroshi Sato. That's Asami's dad. 12, Yukano. 11, Lau. 10 Iroh, so he came out at 10 because of a tiebreaker. Okay. It was tiebreaker at 9 and 10. So Arnook, 9. The Mechanist, 8. Aang, 7. 6. Tonrak. Tonrak? Tonrak. Yeah. 5. Tyro. He's the dark horse here, isn't he? Who would have expected? Number yeah. 4. Zuko. <laughs> 3. Gyatso. 2. Hakoda. And number 1. Tenzin. So, yeah, pretty. Uh, we weren't too horribly far off. Uh, Iroh is probably the biggest individual. Yeah, you were, I was at twelve. You were at six. Yeah, Wait, but yeah. at but uh, yeah. even at six, six, seven, you're still looking at those like uh, good, uh, good intentions with bad means or whatever. Like all those six to twelve, like that. That was all kind of a log jam in its own right of a similar-ish yeah. problematic something or other with each one. So it seems big, but in reality, it's probably not that big. And that's it. Definitive best avatar dads list in honor of Happy Father's Day. And sorry, we didn't do it last week. I don't even remember what we did last week. I'm sure it was fine, but got to got to plan ahead for these holidays. Oh, we did best book three episodes. Yeah. The, you know what? The character design will be sort of a Fourth of July episode, and that doesn't fit either. So we gotta, you know, I'm not really. It sounds bad. I'm not really in a mood for like a patriotic, uh, patriotic video anyway. So maybe that's okay. But um, anyway, happy belated Father's Day, Chris. Happy belated Father's Day to you as well. Well, thank you. I I hope you guys all had a tremendous Father's Day and Fourth of July coming up. And look for that episode. This episode was great, but also look next week's episode. We had a lot of fun making that just a few hours ago. So I hope you check that out as well. I'm a guest. Jane, yeah, I guess the guest, yeah, one of two guests. We're gonna. I probably have a more guest in the future. Yeah, I've got an idea or two, and I think you've got another idea or two, and it's always a lot of fun to get one more, one more voice on rather than just our little echo chamber here. So, yeah, I'm I'm Sean. That's Chris. Catch us on Last Underscore Podcasters on social media, and uh, don't forget to check out all the other Chris's other YouTube videos. As mentioned before, it seems like he's got. 30 or 40 more followers every single day, which is awesome. And that's all I got to say. Take care. Have a great evening. Yeah, uh, now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> every time, Chris. It's too late. I'm not recording over it. Bye, everybody. Bye now. <laughs> it actually turned out pretty well. Bye. <laughs>